Hello and welcome to Cool Time Life. I'm your host, Steve Prentice. Let me ask you this. Imagine that you won that big lottery. No more worries about making money, no more need to get up when the alarm clock tells you to do so. What would you do with your life? Not necessarily following the hobbies and interests, but how would you structure your day? Would you still continue to get up early in the morning to enjoy the sunrise, or would you find yourself rising later and later and enjoying perhaps the evening nightlife instead? When you look at this ultimate situation where you have complete control over the comings and goings of your day, you get to see what your metabolism is really like, how you would be ideally suited for a 24-hour cycle. Some people are morning-oriented, they are naturally able to wake up in the morning, and others are night owls who find themselves doing their better work as the sun goes down and as the evening moves on. So who are you? How do you operate? What you do with your time reveals a lot about you and it becomes the beginning of an understanding of your metabolism, how you operate as a person. Now, obviously, we can't all win that lottery. We have to go back to work some way or other. But when it comes to getting things done, when it comes to managing time, seeking out a balance in life, it's essential to look at your metabolism. This is your vehicle that carries you through time, your brain, your body, yourself. But it is so often overlooked. So I want to just share with you a few things today about metabolism and how it works and how you can make it work for you simply by understanding it. The first thing I want to talk about is just the metabolic blood sugar level chart. A wavy line moving from left to right like a roller coaster, going down, going up again, going down, going up again, going down, going up again. Just just a wavy line, but heading in a downwards direction from 9 a.m. through till 6 p.m. Your metabolic blood sugar level varies according to your metabolism as well as how well you slept the night before and also what you ate for breakfast. Most people's breakfast on a busy working day is coffee and some carbohydrate-based breakfast like bagels, bread, muffins, or cereal, which tend to burn off extremely quickly. So the blood sugar level moves through the day with a peak around 9 o'clock in the morning. That is actually the best time of day for most people to get things done. The 9 o'clock in the morning period represents a confluence of these three major activities, one being the breakfast that you just had, secondly the rising of the sun, the presence of the sun in the sky, which is a natural stimulant which removes the sleep hormone melatonin from your bloodstream, and thirdly is the action of getting to work. These three things, breakfast, sunlight, and movement, stimulate the body into action and make the first 90 minutes of the day between 9 o'clock and 10.30 the absolute most important and best time of day for getting things done. It is when most of us are at our intellectual and attentive best for learning, for strategy, for research, for focus, for sales, whatever it is that you do, that's the best time to do it. But unfortunately, it's often overlooked and we spend that time doing more mundane things like returning emails. But back to the metabolism. The first crash of the day happens around 10.30. This is when the coffee and the carbohydrates have completely burned through your system and you hit a blood sugar low, a crash. Uh, Traditionally, people break mid-morning to get more coffee and more carbohydrates to kick themselves through till lunchtime. So the roller coaster continues. We buoy ourselves back up with this energy till noon. 
Noon is a difficult time, because if you are already hungry by lunchtime, you will fall into the trap of overeating. That's what fast food restaurants tend to exploit hugely, is the hunger urge that happens because people do not eat in a more regular and controlled fashion. If you do indeed fast between 10.30 and 12, the hunger response will make you want to eat more than you need to at noon, which leads to all kinds of other problems throughout the day and throughout your life. So basically, moving from the 10.30 crash to the noon time, uh, the ideal approach would be to graze, to take food in in a more regular fashion. Not junk food, of course, but the healthy stuff which keeps hunger at bay and keeps your metabolism more level. So going back to our roller coaster, we move up from the 10.30 crash up to the noon lunch hour peak in which more carbohydrates and hopefully some proteins are ingested into your system. And then we move down towards the worst crash of the day, which is around 2.30 in the afternoon. This is this period where we echo the deep sleep period of the dead of the night, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. We echo this with a drop in attention, with ability, with focus. Some people even have a temptation to take a nap at this time or a siesta because it is so difficult to focus mid-afternoon. This is the trough. Now, once again, this can be rectified substantially, but just just to complete my image here, we move from 9 o'clock peak to a 10.30 trough to a noontime peak to a 2.30 trough, and then usually a pickup towards the end of the day in which people have a second wind before moving on to their home life. A lot of these troughs can be substantially lessened in their depth and severity simply by changing your choice of foods to include some protein. Bringing in some protein at breakfast, whether it be yogurts, dairy products, cheese, meats, nuts, whatever works for your diet, will allow your blood sugar level to stay much more level throughout the day. But my point to you here is we're looking at understanding a metabolism, your human body and your human brain. You cannot expect this device to work at a constant level of standard energy throughout the day. You will have ups and downs. You will have blood sugar changes. Knowing how to work with them is an amazingly powerful way to ensure that you get the right things done at the right time. So once again, if the morning is indeed the best time for you, then that should be the time to assign the most important work. If the afternoon doldrums are particularly hard for you, you can assign yourself some less challenging work like returning emails, perhaps. Or if you do have meetings and so forth at that time, ensure that you can compensate for the doldrums with natural light, good ventilation, and all of the things that make up for a successful meeting. This is something we actually covered in a previous podcast, the success of meetings. Just check out the show notes to go to that appropriate link. Your metabolism drives you through the day and moves you into the night. What about napping? Some people will ask me whether napping is worthwhile in the afternoons to compensate for this trough. Unfortunately, in the North American work ethic, napping is definitely a no-no. It's not looked upon as a very good approach to use of company time. My answer has always been, if you are a napper, you would know that by now. Those people who do need a nap in the afternoon tend to find that a short, brief nap somewhere does indeed work for them, but that's a very difficult and potentially career-limiting action. It should be taken as a one-on-one discussion with your manager as to how to best use this. It's just not well accepted in the North American workplace. However, 
For those of whom napping does not come naturally, I would always suggest against it, because all it's simply doing is borrowing from the action of the night to come. That sounds like a strange thing to say, but sleep in the mid-afternoon for those that don't necessarily need that sleep will impact negatively the quality of that sleep to come later on that night. So what if you are not a morning person? What if you are a night owl? The proportions of night owls in any population of the world basically is 2 out of 10. So basically 20% of any group have a natural circadian wiring, a biochronology that is oriented towards the evening and into the night. If you are lucky enough to know this about yourself, perhaps you can find a line of work that matches that. There's numerous lines of work that do indeed allow for a much more flexible schedule. However, it's not always possible for everyone to work this way. If you are indeed a night owl, what can you do to compensate? My suggestions would be that you may be able to negotiate with your morning people colleagues to schedule morning meetings a little bit later in the day, or perhaps to not be at that meeting at all, or perhaps to schedule meetings for the afternoon when both you and they can be in a position of medium to good alertness. We live in an age where our workplace is a little bit more flexible in terms of what people can do according to their own specific talents and their metabolism. My suggestion is always to negotiate these things. Let people know when, where, and how they can receive satisfaction from you, but try to do it on your terms. Now, to bring this back around full circle to my opening statement, the lottery-winning example demonstrates that when you are fully in control of your time, you can let your body move to its own natural rhythm. So, think about this once again. How would this work best for you? Are you a morning person? Are you a night owl? How can you structure this as a solid knowledge, a piece of knowledge that you can take back to your manager, back to your clients, and start the negotiation process? By the way, I discovered recently an excellent website called Van Winkles, which actually is an offshoot from the mattress-in-a-box company called Casper. Their spin-off website, Van Winkles, talks a lot about the science and art of sleep and has some excellent resources, especially for night owls and those who struggle with healthy sleep. So what about exercise? If you are working a traditional work day or work week, it may be very hard to find time to put exercise into your day. Many people think that exercise must be formalized in terms of going to the gym and working out in that fashion. I say the same argument as before. If you are someone who can exercise at 5 in the morning or 5 in the evening, if that feels natural and good for you, then go for it. But if it doesn't, then don't. It's not the right form of exercise for you. Figure out what things do work for you. Do you like to cycle? Do you like to walk briskly? When you connect your wireless headphones to your Spotify account or any other streaming music account where you can download cardio-based music, it becomes very easy and very motivating to take 5 or 10 minutes to do some exercise, some workouts, once or twice or three times a day. Insert it into your day, especially in those trough periods. So not only assigning your work to yourself, not only assigning your times of day for the mundane activities like email, but also the more important things like exercise, these can be tailored to your specific needs. We don't need to go to the old school approach of going to a gym class just because they exist. If they work for you, great. But if they don't, there's always another way. Take that lottery winning vacation mindset, look upon your life, look upon the way you like to do things, and identify what really works for you, 
your metabolism and the context of your life, your family and all of the other things that demand your time. So there you have it, our little podcast on your metabolism. So once again, the show notes to this episode are available at steveprentice.com. That's S-T-E-V-E-P-R-E-N-T-I-C-E.com. Just click on my podcast and you'll find this. Um, you can also drop me a line, of course, anytime through the contact form on that same page. If you have a comment about the show or a question or something you would like to listen to in a future edition, please do let me know. You can follow me on Twitter, which is at Stephen Prentice, S-T-E-V-E-N-P-R-E-N-T-I-C-E. So until next time, I'm Steve Prentice. Thanks for listening.